Welcome aboard, historians, to the NCC 73117, USS Little Hero. I'm Captain William. And I'm Commander Vicky. And if you'll step right this way, historians, we'll go to Holodeck 2, where we will continue our adventures of Captain Kirk and his beloved crew. Commander Vicky, will you take us to the coordinates where we belong? Onward and upward, Captain. Make it so. back to Vicky's Adventures into Star Trek. I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And today we are doing two more of them. Uh, yes. Season one, episode three. One of our planets is missing, and season and number and episode four, the Lorelei signal. So, Vicky, would you like to tell everybody where they can find us? Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Castbox, Pocket Cast. Radio Public, Stitcher, and Spotify Podcasts. Correct. You could contact us at Vicky's Adventures in a Star Trek at gmail.com or Facebook, Vicky's Adventures in a Star Trek. Again, correct. So, Vicky, Season 1, Episode 3, one of our plants is missing. What did you think was going to happen in this one? Uh, they are looking for a planet that's missing. They go in search of a planet, which they find cannot find. It's missing. Close enough. A mysterious cloud destroys inhabited planets. So are you ready for this one? Onward and upward, Captain. into the outer captain's log start date 5371.3 a huge cosmic cloud has been reported moving into the outer fringe of our galaxy nothing like it has ever been seen before starfleet command has sent the enterprise to investigate as we are the only vessel in the vicinity of the phenomenon our present position is in the palace 14 system which contains mantilles that was my first question where are they? The Palace 14 system. Correct. The Palace 14 system was an inhabited planetary system in the Alpha Quadrant. This system was located on the outer fringe of the Milky Way galaxy. This system consisted of a binary star and three planets. Vizrid, Mantilles, and Elodra. I, I presume is how you spell that, or pronounce that, sorry. Okay the most remote inhabited planet in the entire Federation. We will intercept the cloud in the vicinity of Alondra, the outermost planet, sir. Captain, we are now approaching sensor range of the cloud. Readings? It seems to be of irregular shape, some 800,000 kilometers across, and about half that in depth. It's immense! Twice the diameters of Saturn, Jupiter, and Neptune together! Put up our present position, Lieutenant Eriks. Yes, Captain. Reading, Spock. This is very curious, Captain. It computes as a strange combination of matter and energy. Captain, look. Captain Alondra disappeared from navigation scan. The cloud could have come between us and the planet. No, Lieutenant. The cloud has engulfed Alondra. Captain, the planet seems to be breaking up. Its mass is definitely growing smaller. Spock, 
Is it possible the cloud consumes planets? It seems a logical assumption, Captain. Sir, the cloud is changing course. That's impossible. The course change is verified, sir. The cloud is now moving directly toward the inhabited planet. But if it continues on that course... Mantilles will die. Mr. Sulu, increase speed to warp 8. Push it to the limit. Mantilles was an inhabited second planet of the Palace 14 system of the Alpha Quadrant. This planet was artificial with... Er, affiliated with the United Federation of Planets. Alright. Captain's log, supplemental. At warp 8, we will intercept the cloud before it reaches the inhabited planet Mantilles. But we are uncertain what we can do to stop a matter-energy cloud which measures thousands of times more than our vessel. Jim, if we can't stop it, millions of people will die. Perhaps more, Doctor. If planet annihilation is part of this thing's nature, it might seek them out as instinctively as an amoeba seeks out food. It may not consume only planets, but also stars. We do not know yet whether it has any selective ability, but it could be a threat to every planet in our galaxy. Bones, I need an expert psychological opinion. Do we dare tell the people on Antilles, try to save a few who could get away? How much time do they have? Four hours, ten minutes, sir. It's certain there'd be planet-wide panic. Blind panic. On the other hand, notifying them may still save some small fraction of the population, Captain. Who's the governor of Mantilles, Jim? Bob Wesley. He left Star... Now, do you remember Bob Wesley? Um, no. You remember the episode, The Ultimate Computer? Yes. <clears throat> Commodore Wesley... Oh! So Bob Wesley was a former 23rd century Starfleet commander, command officer, the later and later a governor of the planet Mantilles. He had one daughter named Katie, and he was an old friend of James T. Kirk. He was in charge of the USS Lexington during the M5 war games. Okay. Which nearly got him and the rest of his of uh, his fleet condemned to death right. at the hands of the M5 computer. Right. Our fleet for the governorship. He's no hysteric. Then tell him. Coming up on the cloud, sir. ETA, five minutes, ten seconds. Thanks, Bones. Lieutenant Uhura, send a priority one call to Governor Wesley on Antilles. Aye, aye, sir. Captain. I'm getting unusual readings on the chemical identity sensors. What kind? Elements unknown in our periodic tables, Captain. I'm of the opinion this cloud has come from outside our galaxy. Captain. Evasive action. Aye, sir. Reverse full power. Full reverse, sir. Still got us. The streamers are a combination of coeno energy, almost an ambiplasma with an unusually powerful attraction what force. Prepare to fire all phasers into cloud. Say that again. What is going on in uh, I just had it up. What did I do with it? Um. So I pull it back up because I, apparently I exit out. A finger-like extension of the cosmic cloud encountered by the USS Enterprise in 2269 consisted of the combination of Kiano energy, almost an uh, anti-ambient plasma, which with an unusual power of attraction force. Okay. Of mass. Locked on. Phase is ready, sir. Fire. Firing. No effect, Captain. The cloud appeared to absorb the phaser energy, Captain. <laughs> Floating inside the cloud. All decks report considerable shaking up, but no damage, sir. Captain, objects approaching on the bow. Deflector shields on. Shields up and operating, sir. More objects approaching, yes, sir. Analysis block. The objects are some form of highly charged gaseous antimatter. Engineering to Captain Kirk. Kirk here. Captain, 
The power drain on the shields is too heavy to hold for any length of time. I know, Scotty. Scotty, prepare the shields for an antimatter charge. Aye, sir. Engineering out. Antimatter charge ready, sir. Fire. <laughs> Double the charge. Ready, sir. Fire. Well, Spock, any conclusions? Only the beginning of a theory, Captain. It is possible this cloud in which we are entrapped is a living thing. The cloud is alive. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, Captain. Its components appear similar to those found in living organisms. Bones, any opinion? There's some resemblance. I don't know how much we can depend on it, but I'll tell you one thing. We have to get out of this area. Those mist out there are acting something like a macromorphase enzyme. If the shields don't stay up, the hull will be corroded, and we'll all be broken down into nice digestible particles. I'm inclined to agree with the doctor, Captain. The mass of the planet Alondra has been steadily growing smaller since we've been in here. Captain, I have a subspace radio message coming in from Governor Wesley of Mantilles. Transfer it to my quarters. Yes, sir. Mr. Sulu, use your scanners to assemble a diagram of the cloud's composition and feed it to the library computer. Three and a half hours, Jim. That's not enough. Even if I had the ships available to totally evacuate the planet. You have time to save some people, Bob. That won't be long enough either but it'll have to do. How are you going to choose? There is no choice, Jim. We'll save the children. In three hours and 20 minutes, the cloud will reach Mantilius. Millions of people will die. I need your help, gentlemen. Your analyses? If we assume the cloud is a living being, we must also assume it needs some kind of food to sustain itself. Agreed. Judging from the disappearance of Alondra, the cloud lives on the energy it converts from the planets it consumes. Exactly. It is like a huge bull grazing here and there in the pasture of the universe. What about those blobs, Bones? I think they perform the same function as teeth. They break up the larger chunks of matter for digestion. Lieutenant, let's see what the scanners have come up with on the cloud's composition. seems to have some sort of anatomy. Eriks, where are we on that chart? Posting enterprise position, sir. The opening where we were drawn in seems to have closed. But there's another opening up there on top. If this thing does have some kind of digestive system, we don't stand much of a chance of making it that far. Three hours, five minutes until the cloud reaches Mantilles, sir. Thank you, Mr. Eriks. Since we appear to have only one way out, we're going to take it. Mr. Sulu, take us to that central core area. Aye, aye, sir. And if this thing does have a stomach, we just might be able to give it enough indigestion to make it turn away from Antilles. We have reached the entrance to the central core, Captain. What do we do now? Knock. Here we go. I think we're in what corresponds to the small intestine. Those things growing out of the wall would be similar to villi. Villi? The human small intestine is lined with millions of them to absorb nutrients into the body. Captain, those villi are antimatter. If the Enterprise touches one of them, we'll explode. Mr. Sulu, keep the deflectors up at all costs. Yes, sir. Incredible. They're destroyed on contact with the matter this thing takes in, and then they regenerate immediately. Scott the bridge. Yes, Scotty. Keeping the deflectors this high is putting an enormous strain on the engines, Captain, especially the antimatter. But with the maximum power demands and all the reservas falling fast. How much time do we have? 21 minutes, sir. But if the indicator goes below two anti-kilos, the engines won't regenerate. Thank you, Mr. Scott. Mr. Eriks. 
Try to make your way through to the opening on the other side. Yes, sir. I can't hold it on course, sir. We're using all power. Increase deflector screens to maximum. Screens to maximum, sir. Captain's log supplemental. The Enterprise has only 15 minutes left before her power is drained, and we are left helpless. If we don't stop the power drain right now, that'll be the end of us. And if we do stop, we'll be drawn into one of the villi, and the ship will explode. Captain, you said that villi are antimatter. If we could get a piece of it, I could put it in the antimatter engine, and it would regenerate. We'd have enough power for the engines and the shields to go on maximum again. We need both the matter and the antimatter engines regenerated. Matter's no problem. We could beam aboard some of the planet chunks out there. And we can cut a piece of the antimatter villi with the tractor beam and transport it aboard like that. Bring it aboard. If the antimatter touches the inside of the ship, or any of us, we'll be blown to bits. I can rig a force field box that'll hold the piece of villi suspended in the center. Then I can take it into the antimatter nacelle, put it into the regenerating chamber, and release the force field by remote control. Wow. Scott, you can do it. Yeah. Go, Scott. Scotty, we've got 10 minutes left. The force field is holding. Let's go. Well, that gives us two minutes. All right, Gabriel, open it. given the Enterprise and Mantilles a chance to live. Uh, thank you, sir. <laughs> Situation, Mr. Spock. The cloud is now only 42 minutes, 14 seconds from Mantilles, Captain. And we have ascertained an important fact. This being does have a brain. Intelligent? Impossible to say at this moment, Captain. It has made only one action which might be interpreted as intelligent. It changed course from Alondra toward Mantilles, but that could have been an involuntary response to the sensing of food. Where is the brain located? That irregularly shaped object at the top of the core emanates considerable electrical activity. It's pretty certain to be the brain, Jim. The functioning of the brain is basically electric. If we can reach it before the cloud gets to Mantilles, we might be able to save the planet. We'll use the photon torpedoes to destroy the brain. Captain, this is a living creature. Starfleet regulations. I know the regulations against the killing of intelligent life forms, Mr. Spock. But we don't know this life form is intelligent. And we do know the people on Mantilles are doomed if we don't stop it. If I have to be a judge, I decide in favor of saving Mantilles. Dun, dun, dun. Captain's log, stardate 5372.0. Spock and Uhura are using our sensors to prepare a detailed chart so we may determine targets for our photon torpedoes. Am I doing the right thing, Bones? Once I said man rose above primitiveness by vowing, I will not kill today. But you... You know when he, when he said that? I do not remember. It was one of the most interesting ones that we we watched. Why don't we tell us later? It was the episode where there were two planets that had been at war for hundreds of years. Both Endicar and Vindicar. I think 
guy with the half white, half black faces? No. Okay. That's that's a different episode. Okay. No, uh, Aminiar and Bindakar. Don't recall. They captured Kirk, and Kirk gave General Order uh, 14 two hours. Destroys the whole planet. Sure. I don't know the name. I remember, but I don't know the name. No, give me a second here, and I'll I'll get it for you. that we've watched, i got to find it again. Okay. Taste of Armageddon. Alright. Taste of Armageddon. Yes, that was the episode name. Gotcha. Can't let this thing destroy over 80 million lives either. Captain, I have completed the analysis of the target area. Unfortunately, the brain is so... Yeah, he told a non-seven. That's how we go on. By saying, we will not kill today. Entire offensive armament will not assure its destruction. However, the brain could be completely destroyed if we convert the entire ship to energy aimed at the brain's cortex and expend the energy in one mortal strike. That sounds like you're telling us to blow up the ship. I believe that is what I just said, Doctor. Your figures are specific and absolutely correct, of course. You're sure it will do the job? Yes, Captain. Quite sure. Kirk to engineering. Engineering, Scott here. Mr. Scott, prepare the self-destruct mechanism in the engineering core. Computer control will be on the bridge when it's time to trigger it. Aye, sir. Incoming message, sir. It's Governor Wesley of Mantilles. Put it on the view screen, Lieutenant. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Governor. Jim. Bob, is the evacuation proceeding? As best it can. There was some hysteria at the beginning, but most agreed to let the children be taken off first. But it's only 5,000 children out of 82 million people. I know. We can see the cloud approaching, Jim. 31 minutes and 4 seconds to Mantilly, sir. Bob, where's Katie? Here with me. Don't worry, Bob. She'll be all right. Goodbye. Goodbye, Jim. Who's Katie? His daughter. She's 11. Spock, is there any way we could establish whether or not it is definitely intelligent? Perhaps a, a Vulcan mind touch? It would require physical contact, which is impossible, Captain. But I may be able to reach out with my mind. If we focus our sensors onto the cloud's synaptic electrical impulses, the input could be routed to the ship's computer for analysis into thought. I can link in the Universal Translator and put it on the audio system from here. Can you do it in time? It is impossible to calculate, Captain. There are too many unknown factors. I can only try to accomplish the link. No more. Twenty-six minutes exactly to Mantilly, sir. All right, Spock, get at it. Captain's log, stardate 
The cloud will reach Mantilli's in seven minutes. Spock has been working on the mechanics of reaching the cloud's thoughts, but I doubt if there's any time left. And even if we do establish contact, can we communicate with it and persuade it not to kill? The procedure is ready, sir. Thank you, Scotty. Ready, Captain. Creatures that are so hideous you can't look at them. Right. He's the cloud. Its thoughts are here. Don't move. Lieutenant, use the library computer. Put some views of the Earth onto that screen. Yes, sir. This is the thing we come from. Lieutenant, this is what I want. Awaiting your order, Captain. A few seconds, Scotty. We have to give Spock that much. Don't self-destruct now, all those people will die. The cloud has stopped, sir. Comprehend. Not desire to consume other beings. <coughs> Quiet. There are many things in our galaxy, like the one you just perceived. Truth. Desire to consume other beings. It would be best if you return to your origin the way you came. Will you do this? A long journey. Will you return? We'll return to origin place. 
Lieutenant Uhura, contact Governor Wesley. Tell him to bring his ships back. Yes, Captain. Spark, you did it. The cloud is leaving. I believe so, Captain. <coughs> there is a grid at the top of the brain core. It uses it to sense. We can escape the cloud through it. Mr. Sula, let's get out of here through that grid. Yes, sir. did you perceive the wonders of the universe, Captain? Incredible. Completely incredible. So, Vicky, that was number... Th- a season one, episode three. What do you think of that one? I liked it. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you put this bad boy? I gave this one an 8. An 8, huh? Yes. And I'm going to have to give it an 8.5. Alright. So, Vicki. Who do you think this episode hinged on? Sulu, Scotty, Aurora. Holmes, Spock, Captain, James T. Cook. <laughs> okay, what about Scotty? I said Scotty. What about Uhura? I said Uhura. What about the cloud creature? What about Bob Wesley? No, no. Yes, it does. <laughs> so... I guess until next time, well, the next episode right after this one, so keep listening. Uh, yeah. Stand by for that one. Okay. Are you ready? Go. Right where I wanted it. <laughs> Captain's log, star date 5483.7. The Enterprise is en route through an unfamiliar sector of space, where a series of Earth Federation ships have disappeared mysteriously during the last 150 years. Recent joint discussions with the Klingon and Romulan empires have revealed that a starship has disappeared in this sector precisely every 27.346 star years. If my calculations are correct, Captain, we have 20 seconds to go. 20 seconds to what? That's what worries me. Lieutenant Uhura, place the ship on yellow alert. Aye, sir. Yellow alert. Five seconds, four, three. All stations report yellow alert status, sir. Captain, I'm getting some sort of subspace radio signal. Put it on ship speaker. Yeah, we forgot to ask you something. What did you think this episode was about? I know it's a little late now. The men of the crew meet a beautiful woman named Wrong, but okay. <laughs> it says a race of beautiful women remains immortal by stealing the life force of men. Okay. I'm sorry we did that out of order. I'm sorry, guys. It's my fault. Blame me, not Vicky. She had no control over that. It was me. Dun dun dun! It's more like music than a message. What is the humming? Say that again. What is the humming? 
Substitute radio signal. Let's see what it says here. Let's see. It does not tell me, but I'm assuming that's the siren call, if you will. Okay. Uh, if you know what a siren is, it basically, uh, brief summary off of the top of my head, uh, sirens were creatures that called to sailors and killed them and their ships Correct. and all that good stuff. star system 20 light years away. Can you identify it? It is the Taurian system, a small star at the extreme edge of this sector. So the Taurian system is an uninhabited planet system consisting of a small star and at least two planets. It is located at the extreme edge of the sector, visited by both Earth and the Federation starship since the 22nd century but still considered unfamiliar by Starfleet in the mid-23rd century. Gotcha. That's a powerful signal to reach here from that greater distance. That seems to be calling us. Strange. Yes, I get the same feeling myself. It does resemble a summons. I find no resemblance to a summons, Captain. Opinion noted. Set a course for the Turian system, Lieutenant Eriks. Warp Factor 7. You wanted me, Lieutenant? Are you all right? I am. But I want you to observe the men here. It seemed to start when we picked up that signal. And it's gotten worse. Fascinating. Like a Vulcan marriage drum. I am experiencing audio-visual suggestion, Captain. So am I. <laughs> Dimensional visions. Any idea what's causing them, Spark? Logically, we must assume they are created by the probe. Sir, what visions? We don't see anything. Miss Chapel, you don't see anything either? No, sir. Take a medical reading, nurse. Lieutenant Uhura, call Dr. McCoy to the bridge. Sick bay, Dr. McCoy. Please report to the bridge. Dr. McCoy? No response. Magnolia's in blossom. Beautiful. The signal's getting stronger, sir. Rescan your sensor readings, Mr. Spock. Readings are still inconclusive. It is odd that only the men are affected, Captain. I suggest... Engineering Officer Scott in command. We are in orbit around Planet 2 in the Taurian system. Probes and sensors indicate there was once a vast civilization here. Oh, lovely, lovely. However, life readings are sparse and concentrated. Captain Kirk is beaming down with a scouting party to investigate. These figures just don't match up with Spock's. So far, I count three sensor readings that are off. Fantastic architecture. That's not like Spock. Only an no. incredibly advanced race could have built it. You want all those routine readings, sir? Oh, I don't think so, Carver. Spock will do it. There is something compelling about it. Yes, I feel it too, Bones. Captain, the urgency of our feelings suggests visual compulsion. I advise remaining at a distance until I can determine the extent of its influence. The life forms are indicated in its center. There's no apparent danger, Spock. Let's go.
year. Oh, oh such wondrous, wondrous ones. They honor us. I am Thela, the head female. Welcome, Jane. So, Thela was the head female, as she stated, of the all-female inhabitants of the second planet. Of the... Uh, Theron system. Like all the female members of her race, Thela could neither age, die, nor bear children. For some men out there, that would be a paradise. Right? Not this man. Name's Kirk. Dr. McCoy. Mr. Spock. Welcome. The form is humanoid, but there are many internal differences. Their bodies appear to function on an unusual psychokinesis level. First time I ever admired a body function. How do you know our names? The Optoad revealed you to us. The Optoad was used by Thela on the planet 2 of the Thuron system to find suitable men for whom to drain their vital energies. It was activated by tonal control and revealed anything that it was asked. Oh. And that's how they did it to work. Correct. That's why she... The Opto-Odd will reveal whatever is asked, Mr. Spock. We are grateful that you heard the signal, Captain. The signal? A distress call, wasn't it? I will explain its meaning later. We have prepared a feast to celebrate our presence. Stardate 54 AD 3.9. The beauty of this place is unequaled. It's the answer to all a man's dreams. Exquisite in every way. We're here to investigate, to investigate. The women radiate delight. These are the most beautiful women in the galaxy. But where are the men? They occupy another compound. That makes sense. Mr. Spock. Spock? Take them to the slumber chambers. They must rest. Probably that nectar. It's potent as saurian brandy. <laughs> Results of every scan run by the women's science teams. If there is an answer, it's here. So have you noticed anything so far about this episode? Um, no. <laughs> so in the original series, Uhura does take over Chekhov's position at one point. Okay. And it's only for that what little extent of the episode. Uhura is basically, because she has a command level, being the communications officer, she is about to take command. Because the men right now are under the control of that probe. So because of that, Uhura and the rest of the female staff on the Enterprise are about to take control and start kicking ass. Which I always knew they could do. This just proves it. Right. On. Summation of medical, biological, astrophysical scans. Working. Probe directed at ship from planet surface is severely innervating to humanoid males. Exposure causes increasing weakness. 
possibly to point of death? Lieutenant Uhura to Security Officer Davison. Davison here. I want an all-woman security team on every transporter immediately. No one is to transport down to the planet unless it is on my order. Aye, aye, Lieutenant. What are you doing? Taking command of this ship. We must return to our duties aboard ship. Yes. Duties. That's it. Duties. I have... You cannot leave, Mr. Spock. You are needed here. Soon all the men on your ship will feel as you do. They are all needed. And they will join us. We must go. Obstruct them. There you go, surround like ragdolls. So, I believe Scotty, who's still in the captain's chair, is singing a Welsh ballad. Okay. Uh, called Your Hiffen Malin. I, I, I doubt I'm pronouncing that correctly. But the English translation is Two gentle rows of virgins block speckled uh, forests in the land. From the richest glades, crowned of the green, covered meadows, whilst Gwen milked a dozen, one by one. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Scott, as senior lieutenant, I'm taking responsibility for the safety of this ship. Very thoughtful of you. Ship's log, supplemental. Lieutenant Uhura recording. Due to Chief Engineering Officer Scott's euphoric state of mind, I am assuming command of the Enterprise. I accept full responsibility for my action. A detailed account will be recorded later. Nurse Chapel. Until further notice, you will act as Chief Medical Officer. Yes, Lieutenant. Go, Uhura! They've gone. And Chapel! Yes. Your Medikit, Doctor. It may contain something which will help us. I wonder why they let me keep it. Perhaps they saw no practical use in it. What rapine could help? It's a strong stimulant. Go ahead. If the lock is magnetized, this may disrupt its field. notice them get into the urn. Right. They are not here, Thela. Come. They might have returned to where they landed. The headbands. Look at them. I have noticed that their glow diminishes when the women are not present. They could be polarized conductors, which transfer our vital energy to the bodies of the women. You mean they're actually draining our life forces? That would account for our rapid aging, Captain. 
and our weakness. If you recall, the women seemed listless at first, but as our strength has failed, they have become more energetic and vital. How long do we have, Spock? We seem to be aging 10 years per day, Captain. 10 years? In four days we'll be dead and useless to them. Thela said the other men of the crew would join us here. They'll be lured into the same trap. We've got to contact the ship. I have retained more strength than any of you. My internal structure is different, Captain. My lifespan, longer. It is wiser if I go to the temple to try to find the communicators and contact the ship. Enterprise. We're here to locate Captain Kirk. Return to your ship. You are not wanted here. Until we find Captain Kirk, we will not leave. Phasers on stun. Fire. <laughs> Search the temple. Parties of two. them anywhere. Miss Chapel. Miss Chapel. Wait. What is it? Spock's tell him uh, being able to be a telepath. Right. Even though Vulcans are, are not a great telepath, they still have a little bit of telepathic powers. Correct. That's how they can use the Vulcan mind meld. And he's calling to Nurse Chapel, you know, so that she can find him. Right. I heard Spock's voice. It is Spock. There must be a panel somewhere. Mr. Spock! Spock, what happened? Try that
the past reveal it. This is the race from whom we are descended. They came to this planet when our home world began to die. They built this place and all surrounding it. They did not know this planet drains humanoid energy. But the women's bodies developed a glandular secretion enabling them to survive and to manipulate certain areas of the male's brains influence their emotional senses. Ultimately, it drained the men, caused them to weaken and die. To survive, you must each 27 years of your time. Instead, we are eternal prisoners. We neither age nor die. We are unable even to bear children. What about Captain Kirk and the others? Can the Octoord locate them? We shall see. The men of the Enterprise, reveal them. They're drowning. Where are they? The nearest water accumulation is many cosacs from here. That looks like a pool or, or a tub. It is the urn in the garden. Phasers on setting one. Fire! against us are 99.7 to 1. We are on the surface, Mr. Scott. Reprogram the transporter as previously directed. But this has never been done before. Suppose it fails. Their patterns will break up, scatter in space. Transporter reprogrammed, Mr. Spock. Beam us up, Scotty. Scotty, we're losing them. Oh, Scotty, what? <laughs> Did it work? You're more handsome than ever. <laughs> Captain Kirk, we have kept the agreement. A crew of women will bring a ship back. You'll be transported to the first suitable planet. How quickly will we become as other women? Dr. McCoy says it should only take a few months. A life of hope. New learning. Perhaps love. Oh, it is a much better future than immortality. So, Vicki, that was the Lorelei signal. What do you think of that one? I like that one. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you give this one? I gave this one a big, fat whop of 10. I have to agree with you on that one. Watching Uhura kick butt take names? Yeah! Exactly. So, Vicki, who do you think this episode hinged on? Well, it's on the beautiful women, and Uhura and her team, because without them, they wouldn't have got the men back. True. And Bones, and um, Spock and Kirk. Yeah. 
Okay, the other one that you're missing is... Nurse Chapel. No, you already said her. Oh. Uh, Carver. Lieutenant Carver was the other one that went down with them. Alright. So, I didn't expect you to know his name, but they did say it at least once. Right. Um... Yeah, that's who I have to go to, too. Okay. So, Vicki, is there anything else that you noticed about either of these episodes? No. Okay, I'll give that to you. You will? Promise? Sure, why not? Okay. So, Vicki, I guess that's everything. So, until next week, I'm William. And I'm Ricky. And we will catch you in the next glorious mission. Bye.